Welcome to Worship Band Builder. This is Eric Roberts. In this section, we are going to be listening to Emily Roberts teaching a live session in the 2011 Propel Worship Leadership Seminar about song catalog. And really, this is about how to get your people in your church singing and how to get your band really, really good because you're picking a set list of songs and you're growing those songs and rotating those songs in and out throughout the year. This is a, a very, very good system to help your people sing with you, help your band learn to play the songs, not overwhelming them with too many new songs, but also not letting it get like, oh, we've heard this song a million times, we don't want to sing it anymore. So let's listen in to Emily as she talks about building a song catalog and engaging your congregation in worship. The focus is developing a song catalog and introducing new songs to your congregation. Um, when you have a Sunday morning where the whole congregation is looking at you like you're a rerun of an episode of something they watched that wasn't really that great the first time, you know that we're not engaged, we're, we're spectators instead of worshipers. Um, that's what we're trying to eliminate by uh, having a strategy for introducing songs to the congregation. We took a survey of about 100 people, and, and uh, one of the questions was, how many songs, how many new songs are you introducing in a month or a year, that kind of thing? And uh, the majority of worship leaders in my opinion, are introducing entirely too many new songs. Uh, and the reason I'm saying this, I, I have my degree in education, um, and the learning process for people, we just don't operate that way. We're not going to learn and memorize a new song by hearing it one time. Uh, so we need to have a, a strategy for introducing these new songs that gives them the permission to learn the song, adopt the song, and then they will start to worship. Uh, familiarity equals freedom to worship. Any little kid you know... but. Well, what, what do you always hear young moms say? You know, they have, they have this one video that they want to watch over and over and over again or this one story that they want to hear over and over and over again. We're not that different when we grow up. We have our favorites. We have those, those songs that we connect with um, and that allow us to connect with God. So um, let's start with introducing a new song, since that's where I'm at. Uh, you want to introduce about one new song a month. Um, and that may sound very low in a, a society where people's attention spans are pretty short and we, you know, we're used to high def and, you know, fast food and all, all of those kind of quick things. But again, our mental process has really not uh, improved because our, our surroundings have changed. Uh, we, we still learn at the same rate. 
when, when a new song is introduced, you're asking people to learn a new melody, a new rhythm, new words, take in the instrumentation. Even if it's a song they're familiar with, they're going to have to learn your presentation of this song before they can really start to sing along or even close their eyes and stop looking at the words overhead. Uh, there's, there's a lot involved. So um, what we have done in the past with our, with our worship bands and with introducing new songs is we start with introducing the song to the band. And we give them a chance to learn the song before they're asked to play the song. So, you know, maybe once a quarter, this is not an exact science, but, but a few times a year, you're going to develop a playlist of, you know, maybe 15, 20 songs. You know, it doesn't even, 20 might be even too many somewhere between 10 and 20 songs that, that you think are potential songs, songs that you may want to incorporate. Send them home with these songs. Ask them to listen to those while they're driving or while they're working on their computer or any time that, that they can start incorporating these songs. Okay? Uh, when it's time to choose one of these songs, you will have been listening to this same CD. The CD is as much for you as it is for your band. And Daryl, I thought your point was excellent about also giving that to the sound guy and getting him familiar with, uh, with the production of these particular songs. Um, so you're listening to these songs, and that's, these are the songs that you're going to choose from. So you decide on a song. When you're ready to introduce this to your band, bring it to them on a night where they are not required to play this song at the very next service, okay? Give it to them on a night where you can say, hey, let's just give this a try, and there's no pressure on the song. Once your band is comfortable playing the song, then introduce it to the congregation because we want to minimize any distractions. You want your band to feel very comfortable playing this song, almost so it's second nature, easy to play for them, so that they do an excellent job presenting it. Uh, that way you minimize any distractions to the congregation. You don't, you don't have um, people playing wrong notes or uh, forgetting where we go back to the chorus those kind of things on stage. Uh, so so that's, that's with the band. Okay, there, we've introduced it to the band. Introducing it to the congregation is a similar process. You're going to get them to start listening to the song and learning the song before they even realize that they're doing it. Uh, when they're entering and exiting services, be playing this same playlist. Uh, so they're hearing it as they're chatting with their friends and they're leaving and talking about where they're going to go to lunch. They're hearing this song. Their brain will process these songs 
uh, a little bit subconsciously. So you're already getting them uh, familiar with the song that you want them to learn. When you formally introduce it on stage, use it as um, an introduction song or as a special uh, when they're collecting the offering, perhaps. What you need to do is give your, your church permission to sit and listen and learn the song without any requirement to engage in the song. Uh, this is what you did when you first listened to the song. You listened to it several times before you played it with your band, if you're a worship leader. Um, give them that same opportunity. So, it, I mean, really, they're going to do that anyway. They're, and that's when you're going to get those blank stares, is if you, put, if you put this brand new song or several brand new songs on one Sunday morning, you're going to get a lot of blank looks. So give them the time that they need to process the song by introducing it to them. You know, let, let them shake hands with it first before they get asked to dance, okay? So uh, the second, you're going to actually uh, use this song in your worship sets for a few weeks in a row. And I know that sounds contrary. I know that a lot of people don't, you know, they want to keep changing it up and doing something different every week. But again, you want to give them the opportunity to uh, really embrace this song as a new part of their worship experience. So the first time is the introduction. That's the, that's the hi, nice to meet you, here's a new song. The second time, you're going to put it in your first slot um, of the worship set, or if it happens to be a slow song, put it in the first slow song position in your set. The third time that it's in your set, this is week number three, you're going to put it someplace more crucial, okay? Someplace that in the flow of emotion and worship, uh, they're going to be somewhat familiar with it now, and you can put it in that spot. I recommend leaving it out one week then and putting it back in on week five. Now what you have is uh, a familiar favorite. So the next time you put it in, two, three weeks down the road, they're going to say, yes, I remember this song. I love this song. And they're going to uh, engage in the worship experience. They're going to become participators instead of spectators. So that is pretty much the process that, that uh, will help them uh, incorporate your new song. Uh, the reason I'm suggesting only one new song a month for your congregation is because, again, our learning process, uh, learn one thing at a time. Stick to one thing and get good at it, right? 
for your band, more importantly, it is so that they can get to play it comfortably. And if, if you're introducing multiple songs, then you, you're not going to play any of them very well, okay? One song at a time, we can cover that. And it do, then our practices don't become all about learning the new songs. Because you know that's always the hardest part, is the upfront, is, is getting everybody familiar with their parts and the, and the woodshedding and getting it where you feel comfortable with it. That's the hardest part. So only do one of those at a time. Make the rest of your songs things that they're already comfortable playing with because it takes the load off of them. It takes the load off of you as the worship leader. Um, and you can show up on Sunday morning comfortably knowing most of these songs we have in our back pocket. Here's a break-in question from an audience member in the live session asking, do you have to follow the same song introduction protocol when you're introducing an arrangement of a hymn or some sort of new arrangement of a song you think that the congregation knows? I'm surprised when I talk to people younger than me, they don't even know the Christmas hymns. Like I'm looking at them going, you don't, you've never heard Hark the Herald Angels Sing? So I guess it's a little bit a matter of who you're working with. If you're, if you're banned, if you know, oh yeah, they all know this song and it's easy, um, you know, look at the chord arrangement too because hymns are not typically easy songs to play. So if they put that in, in an easily playable key and you're sure that your band is, is uh, already familiar with the song or that your congregation would already be familiar with that song, then yeah, maybe it doesn't need as much of an upfront introduction. You could you could, you know, scale back a little bit. Probably, yeah, yeah. Just know your group. Um, so, what songs do we introduce? What songs are going to be a part of your catalog? Do you have a catalog? Do you, do you have a list of, of the songs that you are comfortable playing with your band? If you don't, uh, I, I recommend that, that you come up with a list. And there's a, there's a page 38, I think, is, is kind of a, like a spreadsheet of, uh, you know, just a way that, that you could start your catalog. Um, I know a lot of times it, it's just kind of a matter of rifling through your, your chord charts and, and uh, throwing some things together for a Sunday morning. But if you have a list like this, you're going to eliminate a lot of that, um, you know, planning time. The list on page 38 gives the song name and leaves a space for the key that it's in, the tempo, um, whether or not it's stage ready. And if it's not stage ready, maybe in your notes you put what, what do we need to do to get it there. Uh, tempo is critical. You, I mean, most of us follow kind of that 
couple of fast songs, slow it down, end with a slow song, and we, you know, according to what's going on on a Sunday morning, we might change that up a little bit, but we kind of have that pattern that we follow. So categorizing your songs right off the bat into fast, mid-tempo, slow songs, even making notes as far as this is a great song for communion or this is a, a great uh, altar call song. Um, those kinds of things. If you have those on some kind of a spreadsheet where, where all you have to do is look down the list and pick two out of my fast category, two out of my mid-tempo and one... Uh, emotional slow song or whatever your setup is, um, you're saving yourself a lot of time. So we start with the songs that we have. If you've got hundreds of songs, narrow it down. You want to stick to about 100 songs that you're, you keep actively in circulation. Okay, so... You know, if you want to split it into 25 fast, 25 mid, 25 slow, and 25 holiday or occasion, you know, like I'm saying, communion song, uh, patriotic. Sometimes we need to throw some of those things in Christmas and Easter, of course. Uh, have an organized list of these things. The the new songs that you're introducing about once a month, you're going to plug those in and take the same number out of circulation so that you always have about 100. You're going to get to that place where, oh, I'm so sick of this song. Man, we loved this when it first came out, but now if I hear this song one more time... You know what I'm saying? So, so those are, you know, we start rotating those out and plugging in the new ones that we have, uh, you know, that, that we're introducing to our band and introducing to the congregation. So as far as what songs we are going to add to the catalog this year, they need to meet a few criteria. Take a look at what you have, first of all, and see do I have a pretty even mix of fast, mid-tempo, and slow? If you're really heavy on one side or the other, then the new songs you need to incorporate, start, start balancing that out. Start filling in those holes where you know, we really could use a few more up-tempo songs on our list. Keep that in mind as you're, as you're building your potential song lists, your playlists. Uh, the song needs to be something that appeals to you, that you're passionate about as a worship leader, uh, because that's going to translate to your congregation. Uh, you need to consider the group that you're playing to, your, your church. Uh, for instance, Fred mentioned uh, an up-tempo or a, or a, I'm sorry, an updated version of a hymn. Those are fantastic in almost any church setting, um, but especially if you've, got, um, if you've got a certain constituent that loves their hymns and they're always coming to you and saying, I miss the hymns and I'd like to hear some more of the old hymns, 
this is a great way to do it and still appeal to the younger group that is in your church. Um, so something that appeals to you that also will appeal to them. Um, you know, uh, we, we worked with a, a young youth pastor at one point who loved those like screamo type of bands. Um, you know, maybe that was okay with his youth group, but certainly he didn't perform any of those up on Sunday morning. Uh, so, you know, keep in mind who, who's worshiping with you as you're selecting songs. Uh, playability and singability. Uh, know your band's skill level. If this song is over their playing ability, then it's not one that, that you're ready to add. That might be something that you can strive for in, in the future. But if, if most of the guys in your team only know four chords, then you better pick a song that has four chords and, and the ones that they know, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, when you get to a place, like, like Eric mentioned Lincoln Brewster earlier, his band is all professionals. They've got a big enough church that they probably pay everybody on the team as a staff member. Uh, in that case, he can pick anything he wants to and throw it in front of them, and probably with no practice, they can pull it off flawlessly. But if you've got a band that is volunteers who are limited on the amount of time that they can practice, and who need to get home at a certain hour on your practice nights, then pick things that are achievable within that amount of time. If you know the only time they ever pick up their instrument is when they come to your practice on Wednesday night or Thursday night or whenever your practice is, then it better be something that they can learn within the amount of time you give them to practice. Now, you could bring it you know, four or five practice nights in a row before you're willing to put it in front of the congregation, and that's fine if you want to, you know, invest the time in something a little more challenging, but know your band. Singability. Um, some of these songs, do you remember Shout to the Lord? Um, that, it hasn't been that long ago. Most of you probably know that one. It's really low. If you get it, it you know, if, it, if it's not really low in the verse, then it's really high in the chorus. Um, great song. People love that song, but it is challenging to sing. Um, we had a, a pastor at one time that was very talented as a singer, but he was a tenor. And he was a high tenor. And a lot of times he would select songs that um, were challenging to him and sounded beautiful in his voice, but none of the rest of us could sing along with him. So it needs to be something that's singable for just about everybody. Um, certainly you, as whoever your lead singer is, it has to be comfortable for them. Uh, but we want it because we're leading worship and because we are wanting other people to sing with us to choose things that are within kind of a medium singing range where pretty much everybody could sing along with this. And, and that can be challenging. Um, 
Eric is a baritone and I'm a soprano. The songs that I can sing with on the radio, you know, we turn the radio on and I can sing along with easily in the car, he can't sing those at all. And the songs that he can sing with, I, I got to pick a harmony because I don't, <laughs> we don't have the same range. So, so that can be challenging, but, but there, is, there is a middle of the road that, that you can stick to. And hopefully if it's worship music, they've kept that in mind when they wrote it. One other thing about song criteria, um, and I think that's going to be it, uh, and that is the message of the song. It needs to be something that is scripturally sound and easy to understand. Um, and that can be hard to find in our worship music today. A lot of it is pretty poetic and, and it's kind of a stretch to find uh, some kind of truth within those words. So you may have to hunt. It may, t it may take you a little bit of researching to find those things, but uh, you are a part of your church's spiritual uh, health. Um, I know for me, when I am in a, a moment of struggle, it's not always a Bible verse that comes to my mind that, that helps me out of that. It's a song a lot of times. Our, our brains remember songs much more so than just words. So, so make sure that you are feeding your church and feeding yourself with messages that can help them in those moments where, where they need to recall some truth. So I think that pretty much covers song catalog and, and introducing a song. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And if you have any questions, always click the contact button. Let me know how I can help you and how I can help you develop your song catalog for your church. This is a very, very important thing to do as you're building a worship ministry. It will do so many great things for you as a producer, as a worship leader, and it will get your congregation singing along with you instead of just staring at you. So oftentimes I hear worship leaders ask, why are people not singing? And many times it comes back to this. They're just not familiar enough with the songs you're singing. So I pray that you will uh, grasp onto these concepts and that your team will grow and that your people will worship with you. Thank you again. This is Eric Roberts with worshipbandbuilder.com.